Beloved Church, God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, the young shall see visions, the elders shall dream dreams. Both men and women shall prophesy, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, welcome to Morrisville Presbyterian Church on this Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate the arrival of God's spirit and the birth of God's church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time, we welcome you. It is a delight to be with you and to worship with you this day. We hope that whether you are worshiping with us in the sanctuary or at home today, that you will join us around 12.15 or 12.30 for a celebration of our property manager, Rich Drab, who is retiring. It will begin with a parade uh, by car and will end with a tailgate in our parking lot. And so we ask that you eat your lunch by your car, enjoy seeing one another. And then when we gather under the canopy, we ask that you put your mask on as we gather safely together. But we are delighted to celebrate this afternoon and grateful for all of those who will join us and grateful for the good weather that accompanies us today. If you are present in our sanctuary today, there is a red familiar folder in your pew, and we would request that you place your name and any of those in your party on there. Uh, that is helpful for us so we know who is here in the event that we need that information. And you shouldn't need to pass it to your neighbor too far because there should be one on either end of the pew. But if you could do that and help us, we would greatly appreciate it. Beloved church, even amidst the darkness of death, there is a light that shines in the darkness that the darkness can never overcome. Even amidst the confusion and terror and mighty wind of that Pentecost day, God's Spirit gave birth to the church. And what a joy, what a gift, what a privilege to be a part of that church, to be a part of God's work in this world, even and especially today. Friends, let us worship God together. Please turn to your bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Spirit of the living God, visit us again on this day of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind that sweeps away all barriers. Come, Holy Spirit, like tongues of fire that set our hearts aflame. Come, Holy Spirit with speech that unites the babble of our tongues. Come, Holy Spirit, with love that overlaps the boundaries of race and nation. Come, Holy Spirit, with power from above to make our weakness strong. Come, Holy Spirit, let us worship God together. 
On the day of Pentecost, God opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by, prom by the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. Let us come before God, confessing our sins so that we may enter into God's promise of forgiveness. Let us pray together using the prayer of confession as found in your bulletin. Spirit of God, you are the breath of creation, the wind of change that blows through our lives, opening us up to new dreams and new hopes, new life in Jesus Christ. Forgive us our closed minds, which barricade themselves against new ideas, preferring the past to what we might want to do for us tomorrow. Forgive our closed eyes, which fail to see the needs of your world, blind to the opportunities of service and love. Forgive our closed hands, which clutch our gifts and our wealth for our own use alone. Forgive us our closed hearts, which limit our affections to ourselves and our own. Spirit of new life, forgive us and break down the prison walls of our selfishness, that we might be open to your love and open to the service in your world through Jesus Christ our Lord. People of God, the spirit of God's truth has come upon creation and upon you. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in whom we live and move and have our being, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Also in person, I have brought my bag today, and I am wondering if you can see what is it that I brought today. Let's see what I have here. I have a birthday card, if you can see that. Nice birthday card with a birthday cake on it. I have some streamers. I have some streamers here for some decoration, and I have... A balloon. And you might be wondering, Pastor Alex, why do you have these things? And the reason why is because today is Pentecost. Today is kind of like the church's first birthday. And today is the day that we celebrate the church's beginning. Pastor Rachel and Pastor Jack are going to read the scripture passage for today, the Bible story. And in that story, they share what happened on Pentecost, the first day where the Holy Spirit came to the disciples and gave them the ability to share the good news of how great God is and how loving Jesus is to all the people that were there. And it was kind of like the first time that the church got together. And so today we celebrate how great that is. And in my family, when we celebrate a birthday... What we do is we share how grateful we are for that person. So I'm curious what you are grateful for about the church. What do you like? What do you love about the church? For me, I am grateful 
that so many different kinds of people come together to pray and to sacrifice their time and to give their talents and to do God's work together, which is what I, I love so much. So I'm curious if you can share with, think for yourself and also share with your family what you love and are grateful for about the church. And the next time you see me, I'd love to hear what that is. Okay? All right, let's, let us pray. Please repeat after me. God, we thank you for your spirit and for your church. And we pray that you help us be your loving church always. Amen.
from the second chapter of the book of Acts in the New Testament, the story of the coming of Pentecost, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples and other apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and tongues rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs in their own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us. Mold us, fill us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last summer, when our family was on vacation at the lake, I made the mistake of assuming that a local marina would have ice cream because they had a big, giant sign out front on their dock that said, ice cream. 
So the kids and I hopped in our canoe and we paddled across the lake to the marina. We'd like to buy some ice cream, please. Oh, we don't have ice cream. But it's on your giant sign, right? It was literally above the heads of the people I was talking to. Yes, it is. We don't have any. But not to worry. You see that green building way down there? That green building? They have ice cream. It'll just take you about five to ten minutes to get there. What I later learned was that the five to ten minute assessment was likely the estimate for something with a motor. And the only motor on our canoe was my arms. But as any parent who has promised ice cream to young children knows, once you have promised ice cream, you need to deliver on ice cream. And so I began to paddle. It was a nice enough day. We had nowhere to be, but the wind picked up. The wind picked up, it grew stronger, and it grew stronger, and it grew stronger, and already feeling the frustration of life without ice cream, my children began to ask how long it was going to take to get there. And I had no idea. All I knew was my paddling into the wind as hard as I could was getting us next to nowhere. Like a riptide that you have to go with, you can't fight against. I knew I needed to try something different. And so I tried to maneuver our canoe in such a way that the wind might do us some small favors rather than fight us the whole time. But that meant turning our canoe away from the green building with the ice cream. And my children did not like this decision I was making and began to shout from the front of the canoe, Mommy! Mommy! It's that way! It's that way! You are going the wrong way! I know I'm going the wrong way. I'm trying to stay calm here, but I am exhausted. I know I'm going the wrong way. But we have to do this because of the way the wind is blowing. No, you don't, Mommy! No, you don't! It is that way! The green building is that way! Paddle harder! And in that moment, in the middle of the lake, my arms burning from exhaustion, I yearned for a sail on our boat that wasn't there. But I also knew, I also knew something my children did not, and that was that even with a sail, our course toward ice cream wasn't going to be a straight shot because that's not how the wind works. The wind doesn't blow in one direction just because I want it to, just because my children really want it to. The wind doesn't follow our directions. The wind is mysterious and mighty, ever-changing, ever faithful. I've thought a lot about that wind as I imagined this scene among the apostles in our text this morning. You know, just prior to our text, the disciples have been doing their best since Jesus left and ascended. Remember, we talked about that last week. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and so the disciples are doing what they know to do. They are rowing along. They are keeping the boat moving. They're devoting themselves to prayer. Peter is still preaching. They're calling together the committees to see what the ends of the earth might look like next. The nominating committee has been called to get to work. Because remember, they lost Judas over the course of the last few weeks. And so Jesus started with 12. We need to have 12. Nominate someone. Let's get it moving. They're making plans. They're trying to move forward. And then the wind arrives. And the wind itself on that Pentecost day was enough to knock them clear off their feet. Before they knew what was happening, a tongue of fire rested on each of them. And all of them filled with the Spirit began to speak in different languages. 
Luke tells us they were bewildered, astonished, amazed, because each one heard their native language from strangers, from God. Each one of them, Galileans, Parthians, Midis, Egyptians, Judeans, a roll call of others, they all heard their own native tongue and all heard for the very first time the good news of God in their own language. The winds of God's Spirit blew, the fire spread. Differences that had prevented understanding previously, that had divided households from one another, those differences fell away. And a community stood in its place. And God's church took its first breath of life. And filled with God's spirit and new life and new possibilities, new things began to emerge. New power began to emerge. emerge. It was an adventure when the wind of God's spirit arrived. The excitement, the thrill, the danger, the uncertainty, but the joy the unexpectedness of it, the wind had changed things. But the wind would keep changing things. And it would keep beckoning God's people to change with it. You see, friends, God's wind did not show up for a one-day ministry event. The wind of God's Spirit did not show up just to get the church on its feet and then step aside. No, the Spirit gave life to the church, breath to the church, came alongside the church, and then carried the church into places it had never been before. If you remember in the book of Acts, a few Sundays in the past few weeks, we talked about how the Spirit on that first Pentecost day, it was only getting started because throughout the book of Acts, we see that spirit acting again and again and again. Yes, on that first day, the spirit broke down barriers that divided. Yes, on that first day, the spirit caused others to be able to speak and understand one another. A diverse community was taking shape, but the spirit was just getting started. Because as we see later in the book of Acts, monumental barriers would be broken down in the months and years to come. Barriers and divisions that had stood for centuries between circumcised and uncircumcised, between insider and outsider, between the people of Israel and those from the ends of the earth. God, over the course of that first years of ministry, God said yes to him, yes to her, yes to them, over and over and over again, one after the other after the other. And because those first believers caught the wind, because those first believers opened their sails to the wind of God's Spirit, the church, even in its infancy, was able to be blown by the Spirit to places it would never have imagined, and to spaces it would never have journeyed on its own. I have no doubt that whatever ministry plan, whatever committee work had been done before this spirit arrived, I have no doubt it had to be thrown out. Because the spirit had arrived, the wind had arrived, and now they needed sails. And nothing could have prepared them for what was yet to come. But I can't help but wonder. I can't help but wonder, was there anyone in the boat with those disciples? Or were there any disciples in the boat who watched the boat change course? 
who experienced the wind shift their direction? Was there anyone in the boat crying, wait, stop, you're going the wrong way. We don't want to go this way, we want to go that way. Paddle harder. In her book titled Sailboat Church, Joan Gray talks about the fact that many churches today are decorated with symbols that come out of these early days of Christianity. One of those is a symbol for the church, and it's a boat. Now, in Jesus' time, in these early days of Christianity, there would have been two ways to power a boat on open water. One was with muscles. Paddle harder. Paddle harder. And the other was to harness the power of the wind. And every time... Every time, friends, when the early Christians used a boat as a symbol for the church, it was always a sailboat. It was never a rowboat. It was never a canoe. Because you see, from the very beginning, from that very first Pentecost day, the church was intended to be a God-powered movement. The Spirit of God moving them along as the wind moves a sailboat. Now they could have fought it. They could have pulled down the sails. They could have rowed in whatever direction they wanted to go. But instead, as the Spirit arrived, as the wind blew, those early believers raised their sails and began to learn what it would look like to be a sailor instead. Gray goes on to talk about rowboat churches that she's seen over the years. Churches committed to God's agenda, but churches that live with a dominant attitude of either we can do this or we can't do this. And it is all dependent on their own strength, their own wisdom, their own resources. Do we have enough money? Do we have the right people? Do we have the right facility? Do we have the right leaders? It is all about how hard and how long the people are willing to row. But she goes on to talk about a sailboat church. A sailboat church, in a sailboat church, the dominant attitude is God can do more than we can ask or imagine. Its members know that what they have or lack in human and material resources is not the decisive factor in what they can do as God's church. They look on church as a continuing adventure with God who guides and empowers them to do more than they could ever have dreamed. Sailors in a sailboat church, do not assume they know the Lord's agenda. Rather, they open themselves. They open their sails. They breathe in that spirit. And they ask, what is God leading us to be and do now? In this place, in this time. And she reminds the church that, keep in mind, sailing can be just as much work as rowing. But the difference is that rowers are confined to the power they can generate themselves. And the sailors learn to let the boundless power of the wind move them where God is calling them to go. So I'm curious, what kind of boat are you in? She talks about sailboat church and rowboat church, but I think the same applies to our lives. 
to each of us individually, what kind of boat are you in? And then what kind of boat are we in as a church? Because thanks be to God, the same spirit that gave birth to the church all those years ago is still sustaining us, still leading us, still accompanying us, even in these remarkably difficult days. And so we are presented with the same choice those early believers had on that first Pentecost day. We can sail as they did so long ago, or we can choose to just keep rowing and rowing and rowing. Friends, on this Pentecost Day, we celebrate the spirit that broke into the life of the Christian community in new and unexpected ways and breathed new life into its very being. This spirit spread the good news of God in every tongue and every nation. But friends, we celebrate today, on this Pentecost Day, God's spirit that is still among us, still guiding us, still sustaining us, still breathing life into the church, blowing us in new directions and to unexpected places and unexpected people in an unexpected time. So whether you are retiring or drawing near to a big decision in your life, or terrified that this church is never going to look the same again. Breathe deeply of the Spirit, my friends. Be assured you do not walk alone. We do not walk alone. We have the opportunity to open ourselves and our sails to God's Spirit, to open the heart of our lives, the heart of this church, to God's work and God's call, but we have to dock the rowboat at the shore. We have to be willing to resist the urge to cry out, not this way, we are going the wrong way, we want to go that way. And it will not be easy. And it will not be what we expect. And it will not be the way we've always done it. But thanks be to God, Thanks be to God, the Spirit is yearning to ignite us with all the passion and power we need for today, for God's work, for this time and this place, and into God's future. And my God, will it be more than we could ever imagine or fathom. So why not try our hand at sailing? Why not throw up the sails and see what God, God, God might do? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us affirm what we believe. I ask that you stand as you are able in body or spirit. And let us recite together these words from our denomination's brief statement of faith as found in your bulletin. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit satisfies us by grace through faith sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor and bind ourselves together as believers in one body of Christ, the church. 
The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through scriptures, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples of Christ, our Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the words of the people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come, Lord Jesus. Please be seated. We have heard the words of scripture and we have heard them proclaimed and interpreted to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let us meditate as we listen to our hymn, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. church, it is my deep joy to invite our friend Rich Drab to join me at the front. Rich has been working here at MPC for nearly 30 years, and though we are sad to see him go, we rejoice with him in this new chapter of retirement. Rich has been the property manager here for many years. But his ministry here, and yes, I mean that when I say it, his ministry here will have lasting effect. Because Rich, on more occasions than I can count, I have seen you model and exemplify what it means to be a Christian in this world and in this church. Through you, friends of this church, members of this church have seen and experienced more fully the love of God. Through your care, your support, your kindness, 
and generosity of spirit. And through you, on countless occasions, strangers and visitors have been welcomed here without judgment. They have been offered something to eat, a place to sleep, clothes to keep them warm, and often a prayer for the journey ahead. Through your ministry here, Rich, the least of these among us have known the goodness and mercy and love of our God. And f don't argue with me. And frankly, <laughs> I can't imagine a more lasting and beautiful legacy to leave behind. And so I know I speak on behalf of the entire congregation and every stranger who you have, who you have welcomed here. When I say well done, good and faithful servant, we will miss you. I will miss you. But we wish you so much joy and so much love in this next chapter. On behalf of all of us here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church, I want to give you this token of our love and affection. And I also would like us to offer you a prayer blessing for this journey ahead. So typically for a day like today, we would gather around Rich, we would lay hands on him, we would invite folks forward, but we're not going to do that today. And so on your behalf, Jack and Alex will join me to do that, but I invite you, whether you are at home worshiping or in our sanctuary worshiping, I invite you to lift your hand as if you are laying it upon Rich for this prayer of blessing. I will begin our prayer and then invite you to join in the corporate prayer listed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you in thankfulness for the many years of service given by our friend and colleague Rich. We thank you for his dedicated work, for his laughter and his joy, for his willing spirit and his generous and loving heart. We give thanks for his hard work and dedication. Throughout the years, Rich has adapted to many changes, to many people. He has made sacrifices of his personal time when the job demanded it, and he has done so with a generosity of spirit that many of us could not muster. He has been a mentor and a friend to fellow employees. He has done so through all the joys and challenges of this call. And so we pray your continued blessing on him during this next chapter of life. May your presence be with him as he and Luann choose new paths and enjoy new opportunities. May they be blessed with a strong network of friends and family to enjoy the journey that lies ahead. Keep him vigorous in body, mind, soul, and spirit. Open new doors of service that will satisfy his desire to give and that will continue to make a lasting difference in our world. May he find many receptive hearts and minds for the wisdom he has to offer and many recipients to receive his love and care. We remain thankful, O oh God, for Rich, for what has been, and grateful for what has yet to be. And now hear us as we join in prayer together. Loving God, we thank you for our friend Rich. May he be richly blessed in all that is yet to come. And may he enter this next chapter knowing that our blessing and love go with him and that your unwavering love will surround him each and every day. Amen. Please join me in thanking Rich. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to keep. Love you.
everybody wants to know if you ever make it to the ice cream. To what? To the ice cream. Stay away. Have a seat. Thank you. Beloved church, there are many reasons for us to give thanks and also turn to God in prayer. So let us do so now. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are the source of our being, the subject of our gratitude for a world made both breathtaking and life-giving. We give you thanks on this day of Pentecost for your exhale that produced our souls and created all that is around us. We meditate in awe at the power of your spirit that came to your followers in the rush of enlightenment and the fire of transformation. And we bear witness to the presence of your goodness and light of your affection that we have seen and continue to see in the humble service of those we love this day. For these and many other reasons, we give you abundant thanks, O eternal God. We give you abundant thanks, and we turn to you in petition. Merciful God, you are the recipient of our prayers, the confidant of our deepest desires and pleas. So we bring what is burdening us this day. Lord, we often find you through the words and images of Israel and its surrounding lands. So we pray for our siblings in Israel that you may part their fog of fear and help them see their fellow human beings on the other side of their walls. And we pray for the children and innocents in Palestine that you restore their broken hearts and heal their wounds, that atrocities in this land and all lands will cease. Lord, who is among us and knows us as we seek special guidance for the difficulties of our day-to-day -day lives, Give us strength to manage transitions, both in health and mind and society. Give us space to properly grieve where we have lost loved ones and ways of life. Give us courage to persevere through the challenges of our days. God of rushing wind coming from where it wants and going to where it wants, pour out your spirit upon us and help us breathe. Creator spirit, create in us an eagerness to care for this world. Spirit of holiness, transform our lives to be beacons in a world of shadows. Spirit of truth, compel us to see the truth and make us doers of justice. Holy Spirit, our advocate, intercede on our behalf for ourselves, for the church, and for our world. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, the Spirit of God is yearning to ignite us with all the passion and power needed for the work ahead. And so my prayer for you, Rich, my prayer for each one of us in our lives, my prayer for our work as a church, is that we will be willing to throw up the sails. 
and see what God might do. As we go out from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Thank you.